Well, good morning and welcome once again to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. It is a beautiful Southern California December day out there, and we are so thankful to have you all here with us. Uh, this morning, before we get started, I want to welcome our Spanish congregation who is joining us this morning. It is great to have you folks with us here this morning. And we also have Doug and Nancy Mead back with us this morning as well. And uh, they told me it's been three months that, that, since they've been here, but I'm not sure I'm buying that because I swear they were just here a couple weeks ago. But it is great to have you folks back with us this morning as well. Um, just want to take a moment to thank our congregation. Um, as you know, I had a, a very challenging week last week. Uh, my mother, uh, who is 73 and lives in central Illinois, uh, developed pneumonia. The pneumonia developed into sepsis, which is a bloodborne infection that then spread throughout her entire body. Um, so it was a very challenging week for me last week. We went from Saturday not knowing if she was going to make it to see Sunday to uh, by Friday she was actually able to go home. Um, and the reason that I say that is I want to thank each and every one of you for your love and your support and your prayers and the text messages and the emails and the social media comments really helped to give me strength last week and to keep me going so that I could be strong for my mom and dad. And praise God, she is going to make a full recovery. So we are very, very thankful for that. And she wanted me to also pass along to you guys how much your prayers and support mean to her as well. So thank you so much. This is what I love about this church is that we are truly a family and we are here for one another and we love one another and we support one another through the difficult times and we celebrate the good times together. So thank you again so much. Um, today, we're going to continue with our series called The Promise. Um, we are looking at this amazing promise that God made to us. And we started out week one talking about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Week two, last week, which was by video because I had to record that very quickly on my way to the airport on Saturday morning, uh, was all about peace and the peace that we have through our Lord and Savior. And today we're going to talk about the joy that we have. And joy is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot this time of the year, right? Because it's just a fun time of the year where we get to spend time with family and friends and have gatherings and get togethers and we get to open presents and maybe we get to see people we haven't gotten to see in a long time and it gives us this sense of joy. But what we're going to look at this morning is as Christians, as Christ followers, we should have that joy year around, not just at Christmas time. And that's what I want to unpack with you here this morning. So again, the four promises that we're looking at through this series are hope, peace, joy. Next week, we'll take a look at love. And then on Sunday, December the 26th, we'll have a special Christmas service. So this time of the year, one of those phrases that gets thrown around a lot is it's better to give than to receive. Now, this is one of those things that I personally had a really hard time with when I was younger. Because I would hear this be said that it's, oh, it's so much better to give than to receive. And I'd say, yeah, right. I would much rather get presents than give presents. And I think that I'm not alone in that. I think if most of you are honest with yourselves and you think back to your younger days, it was way cooler to get presents than it was to give presents. But it's funny, as you start to grow older and as you start to kind of learn how the world works and as you start to, to be able to really start thinking about the gifts that you give and, and digging into your own pocket and your own wallet to give those gifts, you start to find that it really is better to give than to receive. I love Christmas time. I love watching my kiddos open their gifts. 
I love watching my family members open their gifts and, and seeing the joy and the expressions of love in their face when they open those gifts. And quite frankly, if I don't receive a single gift this year, I'm okay with that because my joy comes from being able to provide for other people. And I want you to think about that today because as, as Floyd just read for us, we, we read a passage of, you can almost hear it in God's voice, that he's getting prepared to give a gift and he's making the way for that. And you can almost hear the joy in his voice as he talks about that. So as we think about joy, and this picture just to me screams joy, right? I don't know what this girl is so happy about, but boy, she's happy, right? This is the picture of joy. And this is how you and I should feel every day because we have the joy that comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying you should walk around with your thumbs up and your mouth wide open all day because people start to look at you kind of funny. But this is how we should be feeling, not just at Christmas time, but every day of the year because of that joy that we have in Christ. We often sing a song, and we're going to sing it here in just a few minutes as well, called Joy to the World. And, and we, we, we don't often think about the words to these songs as we sing them. Right? We just kind of get in the habit of singing them, and we know the words, and we just kind of go with the flow, and, and we sing these words. But do we think about the true joy that Christ brought to the world? Because, see, Christ came into a world that needed hope and peace and joy and love. Because you got to remember what the believers were going through at this time. They had been enslaved. They'd had a difficult road. And they needed the hope, peace, joy, and love that could only be brought in the form of Jesus Christ. And that's what the story that we're going to look at here today. So here's what I want you to think about as we go through our lesson today. That God's gift is the reason for joy. It's not the gifts. It's not the Christmas lights, which I love. It's not the Christmas music, which I love. It's not the Hallmark movies, which my wife loves. It's actually... Jesus. He's the reason that you and I should have joy, not just at Christmas time, but every day of our lives. See, last week we talked about finding peace even in the difficult times. And today we're going to look about how do we find joy even in the difficult times. Because see, how this makes us feel is that God loved the world so much that he prepared the way for Jesus through John, and we're going to talk about John today, and through you and me. Because see, God's not finished with his mission yet. Jesus hasn't come back yet. So he not only fulfilled that promise through John the Baptist, who we're going to read about today, but he fulfills it through you and I every single day. So the first thing I want to look at is this idea of Jesus' birth being the source of our true joy. So if you would, flip over with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. And we read this just a minute ago, but I want to take a look at some of these things. It says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now see, this is, this is God saying, get ready. It's coming. Take all the necessary precautions. Take all the necessary preparations. Get ready. It's coming. And you can almost hear the joy in God's voice. Because he knows he's about to give a gift 
to the world that the world so desperately needs. Do you ever get this way? Do you ever buy something for somebody that's just so perfect you can't wait to give it to them? Some of you have been guilty of this, right? Maybe I'll just give it to them a couple of days before their birthday. Or you just get so excited about that gift and you know you can't keep the secret. And my wife is smiling because she knows this is totally her. You just can't wait to give that gift. And you just can't wait to see the excitement that it's going to bring and the joy that it's going to bring. And see, that's how I think of God as we read this passage. I think of how God was so excited to give this gift that he's saying, get ready, world, here it comes. And see, we do that this time of the year, right? We get ready to give a gift and we say, you're going to love this. I can't wait for you to open it. And I feel like that's exactly what God is doing. Verse 4 says, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough, <clears throat> the rough ground then becomes level, the rugged place a plain. So he's talking about, look, I'm going to remove all the barriers. I, I'm going to remove all the barriers so that I can bring Jesus Christ to the world. And he's just so excited to do this. Verse 5 says, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And the people will see it together for the, month of the Lord, or for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So again, this is, this, is, this is our prophecy, right? This is a prophecy foretelling of what's about to happen. And, and it's just God being excited about what he's getting ready to do. And he's saying, get ready, world, because here he comes. And he's giving us that, kind of that heads up that we need to be making preparations. See, God followed this kind of three-piece strategy, right? You plan you prepare, and then you perform. You've often heard it said, the failure, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. See, God is putting things in order. This just, just, just didn't just happen overnight. God didn't, didn't just one day say, you know what, I think I'll just send my son down real quick. Hold on. No, he planned it, and he prepared it, and he foretold it so that we could be prepared when this happens. See, you got to plan. You got to prepare, and then you've got to perform. And I think this is an important thing for us to remember as Christians. We've got to plan for Christ to come back. We've got to prepare for Christ to come back. And we've got to be ready to perform when Christ comes back. Because see, remember, it's not enough for us to just know the things that we need to be doing. We've got to do those things. It's got to travel from our head to our heart. So today we are going to look at Zechariah, because as you remember, as we go through this series, we are looking at some of the first people to encounter Jesus. We are looking at some of the first people who had an impact on the story of Jesus's birth. And Zechariah is one of those people that often gets overlooked this time of the year. Right? We think about Mary, and we think about Joseph, and we think about the shepherds, and we think about the wise men, but sometimes Zechariah kind of gets overlooked. So we're going to take a look at his story here today. So if you would, turn with me over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 11. It says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And it says, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. See, Zechariah worked in the temple. So Zechariah was in the temple just kind of going about his business, and an angel appears. 
Now, we kind of talked about this before, but when these angels appeared, it was a startling thing. It was a fearful thing. And the reason that I know that is because every time we see in the Bible that an angel appeared, the next thing we see is that they were scared. So it probably wasn't the angels that we think of, you know, floating down in the white robe with the big wings and the gold halo. It was a messenger from God. And these messengers tended to startle people. And if you think about that, it would probably startle you today. You're at work, you're going about your business, and all of a sudden a messenger comes out of nowhere with a message from God. It would probably be a fearful and eye-opening experience. Verse 13 says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. It says, Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. So this angel appears, right? And says, hey, Zechariah, I'm going to answer all of your prayers. And you are going to have a son and you're going to name him John. Now, again, Zechariah is probably like, whoa, 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 wait just a minute. And this kind of reminds us right of the story of Mary, much like when the angel appeared to Mary and said, hey, you're going to bear a son. And you're going to call him Jesus. But the angel appears to Zechariah and says, hey, your prayers have been answered. So we know that Zechariah has been praying that he would have a child. Verse 14 says, He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. So he's given Zechariah a little taste, right? A little taste of what's to come. And I can only imagine what Zechariah is thinking at this point, because yes, Zechariah has wanted to have a child, right? But now he's being told that, hey, not only are you going to have a child, but this child is going to influence a lot of people. He's going to make an impact on a whole lot of people. Verse 15 says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. It says, He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Think about that just for a moment. You can have a child, Zachariah. He's going to influence many people, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. This would be a lot of news to take in, right? This would be a lot of information to try and process. But we know that Zechariah is a faithful man who God had chosen to use. Let's continue with our story. Verse 16 says, He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Because remember, what had happened to the people of Israel, Right? Some of them had fallen back into their old ways, their old idolatrous rays. And as we look at the story of the Israelites throughout the Old Testament, it's that cycle, right? Where the Israelites would do really good for a while, and then they would fall away, and then they would worship idols, and then they would call out to the Lord, right? And then the Lord would forgive them, and they'd go right back into that same pattern. And the angel is saying, look, your son is going to help stop that cycle, Verse 17 says, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. It says, He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah, you're going to have a son, and he's going to make way for the Lord. Back up a couple slides. What did we just talk about? The fact that God was preparing to send his son. And we see that playing out in the New Testament. John is going to go forward and prepare 
the way for the Lord. It's a joy to prepare for others to experience the Lord. If you've ever had even a small part in bringing someone to Jesus, then you know exactly what we're talking about. There is no better feeling, there is no more powerful feeling than for you to have a hand in leading someone to Christ. Now I say have a hand in that because we know that that's God working through the Holy Spirit and using us for his purposes. We don't take credit for that. But when you have even just a small part in that, there is no greater joy than when someone says, I want to be baptized. I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. It's powerful. It's powerful. And these are probably some of these same feelings that Zachariah was having, knowing that his son was going to help lead people to God. Verse 18 says, Now Zechariah asked the angel, it says, How can I be sure of this? He says, I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Zechariah is questioning God, right? He's just not sure. He says, But wait, I'm, I'm old. I, I don't know if I can do this, right? And we're going to see how the Lord responds to that. Because he apparently Zechariah didn't learn anything from Abraham, right? But it says in verse 19, it says, The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. So the angel is saying, wait a minute, Zechariah. Wait just a minute. I come from the Lord with a message for you. He's saying, hey, pay attention here. Don't miss this. I came from God to give you this good news. Verse 20 says, And now you will be silent, and you will not be able to speak until the day that this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Well, I guess the angel showed him, huh? He says, Oh, you want to doubt me? Watch this. He silenced Zechariah. Isn't it a good thing that God doesn't do that to you and me today? Let's just be real, right? If God silenced us every time that we doubted what he can do and the power that he has through his son, Jesus Christ, no, this would be a very quiet church. And I certainly wouldn't be up here talking to you. But the angel said, oh yeah? You don't believe? I'll make you believe. And he silenced Zechariah. So Zechariah had just been given this big news, right? You're going to have a son and he is going to be this huge, huge figure in the story of Christianity, but now you can't tell anybody because you doubted God. See, God's favor comes from being at peace with God. We got to be at peace with God. And how do we be at peace with God? How do we find favor with God? It's when we do the things that he would have us to do. Well, how do we do that? We read. We read the scriptures. We understand what the Bible is telling us. We do our best to follow the example of Jesus Christ each and every day. And that's where we find favor with God. And when we find favor with God, we have peace with God. See, Zechariah didn't have that just yet. But stay tuned. We're going to continue our story. 
We're going to jump ahead in Luke chapter 1 to verse 57. It says, and when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby. So we're kind of fast forwarding from the time now that, right, Zechariah was told to now she's ready to give birth. It says she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared in her joy. They shared in her joy. See, I love that, 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 that this passage includes her neighbors saw what had happened. Because, see, that's how God works when he does amazing things. He wants people to see so that hopefully they will want to draw near to him as well. But it says the neighbor shared in this joy that she had. It says on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. So this would have been normal in, in this day and age. It says, and they were going to name him after the father, Zechariah. Again, fairly common to name our children, right? After ourselves or our middle names or, or a family name, whatever the case may be. It says, but his mother spoke up and said, no. It says, he will be called John. See, we just saw what happened to Zechariah, right? When he kind of went against what God was telling him to do. I'm guessing his wife probably didn't want to have that same fate. So she says, no, no. Says they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. It says, then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. So see, they're, they're, they're trying to just say, hey, tradition is it's got to be a family name. You can't just name him willy nilly. You can't just name him whatever you want. But Elizabeth says no. It says he asked for a writing tablet. Because remember, Zechariah still can't speak, right? God silenced him for his doubt and his disbelief. It says Zechariah asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. It said immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. So for the last, right, nine months-ish, Zachariah has been silent. He's had his tongue tied. He's not been able to speak. But he was faithful to God during that time. God had told him, you're going to name the child John. And Zechariah fulfilled that. And as soon as he did, God said, okay, we're good now. You're out of time out, Zechariah. It says, all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. It says, everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. So again, this news had spread throughout, right? And think about this, right? This is kind of a crazy story, right? Zechariah found out he's going to have a child and then can't speak for nine plus months. And they knew that God had a hand in this. And they spread this throughout the land. Now today, right, this would have been posted on social media and it'd be a story we were all following. When is Zechariah going to be able to speak again? So they passed this around, right? They told people. They were so excited. And see, this is, this is God does things for a reason, right? Because he knew this is something that people would talk about and kind of get that word out. Because again, remember, he's planning and preparing to perform his plan. See, our joy comes from the grace of God. And that's really, in a nutshell, what this is all about and what this season is all about. Is that grace that God had. 
right? Because God shows us grace and mercy every day. Not because we deserve it, not because we earned it, but because he loves us. And that's where our joy as Christ followers comes from. So, we have to choose joy. And that's a choice that you and I make every single day. Do you guys ever know those people that are almost too joyful? Right? We all know somebody like that in our lives that like, no matter what's happening, it could be pouring down rain, thunder, lightning, and they're like, I love the rain. This is fantastic. Or somebody that gets stuck in traffic, right? And they go, this is great. I get to finish my podcast. But, but do you know somebody like that in your life? Do you know somebody in your life who is just almost too joyful? Like they always see the silver lining. I'm not that person. <laughs> I try to be that person. But that's how we should be as Christians. Because we have something in our lives every single day that brings us joy. And that's Jesus Christ. But see, we have to choose to focus on that. We have to choose to focus on the joy and the grace and the mercy instead of our circumstances. And that's a choice that you and I have to make every single day. There's a song by Forkey and Country that I absolutely love, and it's called Joy. And, and it's all about choosing joy. Because at the end of the day, it's a choice that you and I have to make. We can choose to be miserable. We can choose to let the things of this world drag us down every single day. And I'm not saying there aren't problems and stresses, because trust me, they are. I think I aged myself about 10 years this last week. But you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Do you choose to be joyful? Do you choose to be that person that people want to be around? Do you choose to be that person who is so joyful because they have Jesus Christ in their lives, that other people are attracted to that? Or do you choose to focus on the bad things that happen in this world? That's a choice that you and I have to make every single day. See, God loves you. And sometimes it can be hard to remember that. Right? Because we do have trials, and we do have struggles, and we do have difficulties. And I'm not saying that, that everything is sunshine and rainbows, because unfortunately it's not. But we're not promised that. We're, we're not promised an easy life. We're not promised a life that is free of stress. Look at the life that Jesus lived. Did he live an easy life? So if Jesus didn't le lead an easy life, why should we think that we should have it easy? But you have a choice. Do you let that define who you are? Or do you see yourself the way that God sees you? And that's as a child of God who is dearly loved. Loved enough that he sent his own son for you and for me. And that's the choice that you have to make. And that's what I want to encourage you is, is this time of the year, it, it, it's easy to be joyful. It really is. Right? It's easy to be joyful because, you know, we get, we get a little time off from work and we get to see some family and some friends and, and maybe we get to even open some presents. And, and it's, it seems easier this time of the year to find our joy. But the challenge is what happens January 2nd? And what happens from January 2nd until July when the stores put out Christmas stuff for next year? What happens between those two times? 
do you still find your joy? And that's what I would encourage you to do this morning. And maybe this morning you've never had an opportunity to, to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never had an opportunity to be baptized, to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit, so that you too can find joy every single day. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come forward and lead us in another song. And you have an opportunity to do that today. You have an opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, I accept that amazing gift. And I want to have that kind of joy in my life. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you've just kind of fallen out of that joy. Maybe you've forgotten about that grace and mercy that God offers to you and me. You have an opportunity this morning to come forward and myself and the elders would love to talk with you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to help you in any way that we can as we stand together and as we sing. Going to the world, the Lord is come. Let her receive her peace.